Tethered, Cheyenne, Wyoming, March 1st, 1872. The salon was warm and murky. Candlelight flowed like whiskey, and the paper on the walls was dark as the secrets hidden between its cherrywood panels. Rose wore a dress to match the color of her name, her very favorite dress, silk and satin, soft as the hues of dawn. In this place, she looked like a butterfly trapped in a jar of dirt, but that was what she needed. This was the wild, wild west, and Cheyenne was the wildest of them all. If she wanted to be noticed, a statement must be made. Tonight, it was more than a want. She needed to be noticed. She was thirsty, too thirsty. She had gone too long without. Even her skin was starting to change color. She saw it in the mirror this morning and it scared her. The pale white that made her black eyes look like hammered coal. She needed to drink, now, this very moment. Luck, though, was not on her side, it scarcely was. The interior of the outlaw was quiet. There was a gunfight earlier today. The men were either nursing their wounds or lying dead in the street. Sheriff Jameson would drag them away at first light. For now, their bodies littered her front door like a warning. Rose moved to one of the wide windows facing the dusty street and studied the bodies. She wished she could have drunk from them, but their lives were over too quickly. There had been no time. She sighed. Why all the death? So useless, she thought. Her world was dust and sand, horses and death. In her heart, she wanted another way. This, however, was the only way she knew. Her parents died when she was very young. She had only vague recollections of their faces, grainy pictures that would come to her when she was sleeping or drank too much cranberry wine. She had slept in the streets for two years, too weak to do much but beg. In the third year, there had been the orphanage and the fire. Then, Madame Tilly found her. Matilda Hamilton, Tilly, to her friends. She was an old, beautiful whore who had saved up enough to buy her own establishment. For the first two years, she let Rose work in the kitchens. But when her face changed and men started to stare, she moved her to the nefarious employment of the upper rooms. Rose had not cared at all. Things had been changing inside of her a burning thirst that was not sated no matter how much water or wine she drank. She did not understand it, but on that first night, with a cowboy who did not even know her name, Rose had her first drink, and it had been glorious. The bell with the red ribbon tied around its second hinge rung once, startling her from her thoughts. Hopeful, she turned to the sound. A young man stepped inside, bringing a swath of night air with him. The brim of his dark hat was pulled low over his eyes, and one of his gloved hands was clasped tightly around the butt of his revolver. He cast his eyes around the dark interior. She knew what he saw. Six tables pushed too close together, under the shadow of a marble-topped bar that had seen better days. Lola was draped over the nearest table, sipping on a drink that rouged her lips. Her skirts were rucked up around her silk garters, and one slipper was dangling off the edge of her big toe. Carla was behind the bar, her arms crossed in a way that brought her huge breasts up to her dimpled chin. The man's hooded eyes saw it all. When they passed over her, they stopped. He gave her a look, one she knew quite well, and reached for the sack of coins hanging low on his waist. Thirst grabbed at her throat with phantom claws that made her cough. She managed to make a dainty sound out of it and hide it behind the lace glove that capped her fingers. Good evening, sir, she said, 
letting her voice drip honeyed sensuality in the way she had so diligently learned, leaning close so he could smell the crushed rose petals in her hair. Can I get you something? A refreshment, perchance? She turned and motioned to the room, delicately waving her slim hand. One of our lovely ladies? Only you, he said, and she sighed in crushing relief. He held her hand while she walked him to her little room atop the stairs. Inside, she sat him down on the edge of her bed. It was not really her bed. She actually slept on the roof, curled up on the tiny mat she had dragged up there three years ago. She liked the stars. They made her think of home, and she did not know why or where home even was. This bed, covered in white lace and satin sheets, this bed that had seen so very much, this bed was the best for what she meant to do, and she needed to do what she meant to do, needed to do it so badly she could scarcely think of anything else. While he pulled off his boots, she went to fill a glass of Madeira, which she poured from a crystal decanter on the sideboard, just to the left of her vanity. While he removed his hat and shirt, she took a vial of white powder from the hollow between her breasts, and when his attention was otherwise engaged, she poured it in his drink. Then, she knelt down in front of him. He froze in the action of unbuckling his belt. He was handsome and very young. She would have to be careful. His skin was free of scars, his expression void of care, and she knew somewhere this boy had a mother who would faint if she knew what her son was about this night. Smiling, Rose offered him the glass. He downed it in a single gulp, then reached for her. Rose went willingly, only sighing when he rolled onto the bed and yanked her beneath him. His hands were clumsy, eager as he fumbled at her skirts. Rose did not know how any of this worked. She never really had, but it happened just the same. One moment she was under him, feeling his hands paw at her upper thighs, feeling his breath soaking wet on her neck. Then she just wasn't. She did not know exactly what all the men touched in this bed, what creature it was who satisfied them so, but it wasn't her. She had come to believe it was merely a projection of their minds, something they wanted to see. They would buck and groan like the boy riding her now. They would bury their faces in her hair and whisper whatever name she had given them for the night. And she would watch, tethered to her body but not really there, observant and unfeeling, an astral projection of herself, perhaps. She had read about such things once. She could see her own body when she was in this state, not the one on the bed, but the one attached to the other end of her shimmering tether. It was like a length of glitter rope or a glowing chain made by angels. Her skin was a collection of sparkles, twinkling like a glass of sunlit water. When she moved, she left glitter in her wake, and when she drank, oh, when she drank, the tattoo wings written carefully on the skin of her back would glow. Rose did not know who she was or where she came from, but the first time she drank and saw her wings, she knew for a fact that she was different than everyone else maybe even one of a kind, maybe. On the bed, on that hated bed, she would let them gather their strength, let them sweat and pant, then she would drink. She would not hurt them, not really. She only needed strength and they always had so much to give. They would sleep for a little while and in the morning they would remember nothing. She would be sated. Tethered as she was, a glowing cord attached to the projection of herself on that bed, 
She was able to see the exact moment the tendons stretched in his neck. His back arched and he whistled a low howl through his gritted teeth. She felt the tremble in his spine and her sparkling self leaned forward to press her lips to his gasping ones and he felt her not at all. Soft blue light, like chimney smoke against snowy mountains, seeped from the place where their lips touched. She closed her eyes in unfiltered ecstasy and took a sip of his soul. It was light, airy, not bolstered by much, but kind. She took less than she needed. It would have to be enough. The cowboy's eyes rolled back in his head as he fainted. Crucified Christ, she thought. It would have to be enough. Her hands moved like solid water as she pushed his body to the ground. The moment she heard his husky snores, she closed her eyes and felt the tether snap. And just like that, she was back. Her body was clean and unsoiled, pure. The tether was gone, the sparkles diminished, and Rose was herself again. Sighing, she walked to her mirror. Her skin looked studded in diamonds. That was normal. It always took time for the magic of her tether to fade. In the mirror, her dark eyes frowned at her as she brushed away the long locks that hung in her face. As she watched the pallor recede from her skin, her pulse spiked as the sip of his soul infused her blood. It was ecstasy. It was madness. It was need. It was her life. She undid the laces running down the front of her gown, and the soft material sagged to her waist. Twisting, she studied her reflection. The black lines running down her back shaped a pair of decorative wings. As they did, right after she drank, the lines were glowing. They looked like wings. They felt like wings. At times, they twitched like third and fourth hands, but they never unfurled, and never did she fly. No, Rose did not know who they touched while she stood tethered to the used body on the bed. All she knew was that she still had her virginity. She knew this because she would never forget the night she lost it. Never. But that night had not come yet, and gods, if she would have known then what she knew now, how very far she would have run. She did not know, though, so she did what she always did, buckled and fastened his clothes, took a firm hold on his ankles and dragged him into the hall. Back in her room, she took a pair of breeches from a box beneath the bed and quickly put them on. They hit her mid-calf. She was tall. There was nothing she could do about that either. Just another one of the curses which seemed to have been cast on her at birth. I will not be sad tonight, she told herself. The boy is happy in his dreams and I will finally sleep. A rosy bedroll tucked behind the small armoire, which held every single thing she owned, promised a night of undisturbed solitude and comfort. That was all she wanted in the world. She tucked it under her arm and climbed out the window. The red roof tiles were wet with evening dew. As she scaled the wall, the droplets were cold and refreshing on her skin. Tomorrow would be another day, and if the gods were kind, another man. Tonight, tonight she would curl up under the stars and dream of her wings.